This episode of Relativity is made possible through the support of Stephen and Catherine Farris, Ryan Farwold, Bill Cariola, and Michael W. McClure. And by listeners like you who support us through Patreon. Learn how you can support this series and get exclusive content by visiting patreon.com slash relativity. Get even more information about relativity at relativitypodcast.com. You sound distressed, Doctor. Is there something I can do to help? I'd be willing to bet there is, because he was keeping a personal journal. He'd spend time every day, right here, talking to you, recording his journal. Correct. Peter updated his journal at least once per solar day. Good. Okay. Play those journals for me. Start start with one saw before the explosion. All of Peter Miblin's personal records are locked by a command level code. Command level? How is, how is that possible? The files were secured by Captain Deeper Zidana. What? Relativity, episode 25, in which philosophers point the way. What do you mean it was... Who? Why would the captain have locked this file? The file was locked pending a full investigation. Captain Sedana recorded her intent to question Peter Miblin about his actions. And you're going to tell me she's the only one who can unlock it? To be precise, I would need the security passcode under which she secured the file. You do understand that Captain Sedana's dead, right? Since I just told you? Dr. Mason, I know this must be very difficult for you. You're damn right it is. I was almost entirely certain that she had committed suicide before Peter went out there and set off that bomb or whatever he did. So how could she have been interrogating him about that when she was already dead? Can you can you answer that little conundrum? I'm afraid I can't, Doctor. I'm sorry. Don't say you're sorry, all right? I can go along only so far with the pretense that you're a person. Understood. I mean only to remind you that I am programmed to listen effectively and offer helpful insights if they are needed. I know. For example, you did share with me, more than a year ago, your deep personal feelings for Captain Sedana. Did I do that? You told me you hoped one day she would feel the same way about you that you felt about her. That you might even arrive at our destination as a couple. A couple with children. I said that out loud? Never mind. All right, let's... I, I, I don't want to talk about that. I, I need to... I am stepping away from these screens and going someplace where I can think uninterrupted. Just sit and think. If this is someone's idea of a joke, let me tell you, it is extremely... You said you'd be back in nine hours. I couldn't sleep. Status of the Konyichny? Everything's quiet. I think Dr. Mason is asleep. That would be good. He needs to rest as much as possible right now. Well, I hope it's okay to say this, but so do you, right? Marcus, I'm not just listening to this recording over and over. I've set up an audio filter that I'm hoping will reveal a low-frequency transmission that somehow sent through the external security area when I went outside. Low-frequency transmission? Here's my theory. Tell me if I'm missing a technical point or if any flaw in logic, alright? If it's something I know about, I will. 
is it not possible to transmit EM radiation, such as sound waves, at a frequency inaudible to the human ear? Definitely. Hold on. But sufficiently narrow cast that it would resonate only in the receptor of a certain kind, such as the bones of their skull, or even in the tiny bones inside their ear. Theoretically... Because then it would be possible for me to hear the broadcast, but for those sounds to elude even the most sensitive microphone out there. Meaning somebody put together the sound you heard, figured out how to project them in such a way that the sound would only resonate inside your own head? And probably the head of any other person who was there, but since I was alone... Then they waited for you to come out when they had no way of knowing when that would happen. I know it all sounds implausible, I do, but you agree that it is possible. I mean, I've heard of pranks that were quite a lot more set up than this. Well, what would Occam's Razor tell you? Occam's Razor said that I imagined the whole thing. Occam's Razor sometimes cuts close to the bone. I know it does. Look, you're the flight director. And I'm just a technician here. But for what it's worth, I think you need to tell Dr. Mason what you heard. I started to, but he... Yeah, you're right. I will. You know what? I'll do that today. I need to do something else, and then I will just call him and I will tell him. Meanwhile, do you want me to research bone conducting audio broadcasting? Yes. Please. Thank you, Marcus. Dr. Mason? Nadia, I said I was going to go to some place where I could sit and think without interruption. The cargo bay does seem ideal for that purpose. And don't call it the cargo bay. We've had this conversation. Precise terminology is important. On my schematic of the ship, you are in the cargo bay. Well, while you were offline, Sophia and I, the flight director and I, agreed to call it the habitat, which you must agree is a much more descriptive name for it. Perhaps. And yet, arbitrary changes to terminology are not recommended. Well, who's it going to confuse, Nadia? to you? Because all the humans, except me, on board this ship are dead, missing and presumed dead. So I'm not going to be confusing them by calling this place what it is, am I? I acknowledge that your circumstances are unique. Oh, I'd like that embroidered on a pillowcase. The printing will be complex, but I should be able to produce It was the a joke, Nadia. I don't really want that. Now, you're taking unfair advantage of my audio implant by calling me while I'm hiding in the forest, so I hope it's for a good reason. I felt sure you would want to know that I have correlated the movement patterns of other members of the crew immediately prior to the explosion. Oh, that is good. That's very good. While I cannot release the personal recordings of Peter Miblin, I can tell you about all crew conversations and activities that are not related to any action of Peter Miblin's. Okay, yeah, I like that. So, are you finding anything out of the ordinary? Not yet, but if you would like for me to continue this line of investigation, I will scan all body sign patterns and recorded speech from any time period you request. Nadia, that is beautiful, and it makes me sorry I snapped at you. By all means, pull together everything that everybody on board said and did from, uh, let's say, two sols before the explosion, and leading up to, well, to the explosion. I would have to stop at that moment anyway, because all of my monitoring systems went, went offline. Off right, good point. But that's fine. Those two souls then, and just make note of anybody going someplace they didn't usually go, somebody not going someplace they usually did go, uh, people talking in ways that were unusual, erratic, peculiar. I'm already at work on yeah. this. That's the spirit. You let me know when you've found something. It is extremely likely that I will find many patterns of interest. And we will discuss them all, because, as you might have observed, I have nothing but time.
I just wanted to... Sophia, you left while I was asleep. I woke up and I did not know where you were. That's why I'm calling, Mama, to let you know that I'm at Mission Control and everything is all right. I was never afraid. Don't you believe I was afraid because God in heaven knows I am accustomed to your leaving his home without a word. I'm trying to be more considerate of your feelings now. Mama, that's why I called. You're a good girl, Sophia. Your father would be so proud of you and all you've done. Well, thank you, Mama. What brought that on? You are kind to me. It makes me kind to you. It's a good arrangement, don't you think? It is. And, well, I did have another reason for calling, and I'll hope you'll think it's kind. Last night you asked if Dr. Mason has offered any help for Sybil, and I said I would ask him. You've asked him already? The truth is he volunteered. At least one so- a, a day or two ago. And you didn't tell me? No. Because he said we should put her into cryosuspension. You mean to freeze her? Doctors have been trying that. It was terrible. All the people died. That was a long time ago, Mama. Apparently, well, it's a long story, but he knew of a system that apparently actually works. It, it was secret technology. But you told him no. I did, Mama, but now I'm wondering if I wasn't wrong about that. Do you think I will put my baby girl into a box and freeze her for 50 years? A hundred so when these strangers in the future wake her up, her mother will be dead? Everyone she knows will be dead? Even you may be dead? But she'll be alive, Mama. That's the point. They won't wake her up until there's a cure for the virus. That's the whole point. You tell your doctor in space he is a crazy person. You tell him that. Actually, Mama, I was just about to tell him he's not as crazy as he thinks. Okay, what if Peter did his spacewalk? set the explosive charge on a timer and came back in and that's when Deepa confronted him. Would that work? It, it doesn't it doesn't explain how her suicide fits into the timeline, but... Mission Control to Konechny. Konechny, aye. Doctor, I hope you got some rest. Uh, not much. I'm hoping you did. I'm fine. Sophia, that tells me nothing. Well, I'm reaching out to tell you something. Something important that I know you will want to hear. Well, you have my undivided attention. Your water rushing. Are you in the habitat? I am indeed. The sunlight may be artificial, but the shade is from a real tree, and it's very nice, and you're stalling, so please tell me what's happened. First, I wasn't sure if I should tell you this, but it's about those voices you've heard. Yeah, that I heard again a few hours ago. Yes. Oh, I'm hoping you have an explanation for them, because I've had about all I can take of it. I wish I could explain it, especially now. Why now? Because I've heard them, too. Uh, I- I'm sorry, what? I've heard them too. Or rather, I heard something that sounds like what you've described to me. Ethereal winds, a chorus of distant voices. Right. And then Captain Sedana calling my name? No. No, I heard my father calling my name. Say something. You heard your father call your name? Several times. We're both hearing people who we loved, people who have recently died terrible deaths. I do not for one instant believe what I heard was actually my father. Let me make that clear. And you're sure of that? Doctor, Chris, my father can't talk to me because he's dead. You're so sure your mind is made up. And I am almost entirely certain that what I heard was the result of an elaborate and inexplicable prank. Someone who hates me deeply and... There are plenty of those people. Not you, come on. Somebody who hates me has gone to extraordinary lengths 
to unnerve and annoy me. Then what am I hearing? Is the same person pranking me as well? Maybe. Possibly. And if so, they're upping their game because this time my contact with Deepa was longer, nearly twice as long, and this time she even gave me advice. Advice? Well, yeah, she said, and I don't understand this, you must remain connected, but that was are, all are she... Are you sure? Those were her exact words. Oh, yeah, no question. That's what my father said to me. Or, or not your father, but yeah. Whoever was using my father's voice, they had him saying, you must remain connected. Holy smoke. So apparently we must remain connected. I don't know what it means. Do, do they mean to each other? We, we stay pretty well connected, you and I. Or do they mean connected to them, to, to our cherished memories of them? I don't know if it means anything, but Marcus is helping me to get to the bottom of this. So we have a recording of the, the whole event and we're trying to pick up any traces of the voices so we can analyze them further. Well, then I have additional data for your study. Such as? Now, my suit recorder was running when I heard my voices the last time, and I, I will send you that recording. You have a recording of the voices? Uh, no, I have a recording of me talking to the voices and sounding like I have schizophrenia. That's how I sound on my recording, too. Uh, I'll send you mine anyway. Maybe you can tease out something that I couldn't hear. I'm working on the theory that the prankster somehow broadcasted on a frequency that would only resonate with the bones in my head. Well, that is an exotic theory. Do you have a better one? Oh, I got lots of them. First, of course, that we could legitimately be hearing from the ghosts of our dearly departed. I cannot accept that. Or, and this one seems very likely, that you and I are both insane. I fail to see the humor in that. Well, maybe only one of us is insane. The other is a figment of the crazy person's imagination and doesn't really exist at all. And which of us doesn't exist? Oh, what did Descartes say? Cogito ergo sum. I know I'm the one thinking about all this, so I must be the one who exists. And you, and everybody else, you, the embodiment of wisdom, right? You... Wait a minute. Wait just an all-fired minute here. Nadezhda? Dr. Mason? Ah, the ship's AI is back online. Excellent. Yeah, it's great. I couldn't do anything without Nadezhda, could I, Nadia? You survived while I was incapacitated, Doctor. So apparently your reliance on me is exaggerated. No, no, you're my whole world, Nadezhda. Everything I do every day, it comes from you. I'm a little hamster running a little wheel, being occasionally fed and watered by you. Chris, I, I don't like the sound of... You aren't making sense. Uh, just you wait, Sophia, whose name means wisdom. Am I right? Well, yes. Nadezhda, refresh my memory. What does your name mean in Russian? I mean, what's the equivalent... English word. You would say, hope. Hope. Yeah. The remaining voices in my life. And one of them is wisdom, and the other is hope. Now, what are the odds of that? The odds of any two names being given Rhetorical any... question, Nadia. I don't really want to know the math. I already know it's... That's no coincidence. I've suspected it before, but now I'm sure... Everything fits together. All the impossible things that can't be happening. That's the solution. They're not happening. None of them. <laughs> Are you satisfied now? I figured it out. None of this is really happening. Relativity. Episode 25. In which philosophers point the way. Starred Alana Jordan and Lee Shackelford, who also wrote the script. 
Also heard in this episode were Clarence Brown as Marcus and Stephanie Lindsay as Marta Schumacher. Find out much more about the series, including ways you can subscribe, hear past episodes, like us on social media, and how you can get exclusive content, all on our website at relativitypodcast.com. Relativity.